Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Amen, amen, amen. The book of Luke chapter 12. We welcome all of you here today. And I echo, it's so good to have Brother Noe Berrientos with us today. So glad he's here and, and thankful that he was... He's able to be here this week. Aren't we so thankful for his ministry? Amen. Brother and sister Tay, I, Randy, and sister Peggy Tay, we're so glad to have you here today. We welcome you home today. Amen. Praise God and everybody. Everybody. I, I know it's vacation season and you deserve one. We believe in hard work and we also believe in having fun. And I hope you're planning on having, now don't stay gone all summer. Me and Jesus will get mad at you, amen. You need to take time to be with family. And, and uh, my good friend, Ron Apperson, told me, and uh, he said, he said, you're not gonna remember every, every day, and your children won't remember every day of your life. He said, but what they, you and they will remember are moments. He said, make sure you create moments they'll remember. That impacted me because we need to create moments that, our families can remember. I try to do things my kids can remember when they're 70. And, uh, and make sure, make sure, you know, you look over your life, what do you remember? You remember fun moments, vacations, and funny things that happen in the house. And, and uh, life, life is good, isn't it? How many feel blessed by the Lord? I want you to lay your Bibles down. I, I want you to just, the Bible says, lift up your heart with your hands. And I want you to pray this with me. Thank you for blessing us. You've made us the head and not the tail. Only above and not beneath. We are a people that is blessed in the city and in the field. You've blessed our basket and our store. You have opened to us your good treasure. And for that, we are very thankful. We want to guard, keep, protect, and honor what you have blessed us with. For God, we truly are grateful. We are who we are because of you. And now we want to share with others the blessings that you've given us in Jesus' name. There's a lot of people in this city that would love to feel and have what we have. The peace of God that passes all understanding. It's been amazing over the years the people that come to the come to the anchor and after church I'll see them sitting in the seat and they're closing their eyes and I'll go up and tap them on the shoulder and say, we're so glad to have you today. And they said, I feel such peace here. I don't feel it anywhere else. And the reason is because God inhabits this place. Amen. And uh, we honor this place. We honor God. And we have what we have because the Lord's been good to us. We're blessed, aren't we? Let's thank him for that blessing. Would you do that? Would you honor God for the blessing? We're so glad to have Dylan Woodward with us, our intern. Wave your hand over there. He's from Stockton, California. So glad he's here with us for seven weeks. And uh, we hope we are a blessing to you as much as you've already been to us. We're so glad you're here. You're going to be hearing from him. He's a songwriter, singer, also a preacher of the gospel. He's going to be preaching to us and singing and helping our music and helping our outreach. He helped in VBS already. We plugged him in already. 
We believe, we believe the kingdom is hard work, but worth it. Amen. We're so glad to have you. Make sure you greet him and let him know you're so glad that he's here in Zanesville. Luke chapter 12. You've been standing a while, so I'm going to skip some of these verses I was going to read and for the sake of your knees and your feet. Carol, you be quiet. <laughs> My kids yesterday, Brother Paul, yesterday said, Carol is one of our favorite people. And that's just, we love you, Carol, and that's the truth. And uh, we love you. Let me, let me, let me skip, skip a few reading here, a little bit of reading here, because they tell me I'll make you stand too long at the end of my sermons. Thank you for whoever tried to make me feel better. And All right, here we are. Um, you, you look at this verse, it says, it says in chapter 12, it says, um, talking about fearing God. Everybody say fear God. Verse four, and I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body. And after that, have no more that they can do. But I will forewarn you whom ye shall fear. Fear him, which after he hath killed hath power to cast out into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. This is Jesus speaking. Man, you read this, it's like, I better straighten up, you know. Then, then you go to verse six, and he says, are not five sparrows sold for two farthings, and not one of them is forgotten before God? But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear, watch this, fear not. Therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. He went from this fear him to fear not, just in, really in one verse. Um, if you skip on down, when you read chapter 12, you realize it's one setting. He's not different settings. If you, if you just read it, you just check the box off, I got my Bible reading, you would read chapter 12 and think he's talking to different groups of people or different settings, but he's not. He is, there is a train of thought that he is teaching us in chapter 12. Look, look at verse 32. In the same context, he, he writes, Fear not, little flock. Look at your neighbor and say, Fear not, little flock. For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Verse 34, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Verse 35, Let your loins be girded. That means be dressed, be dressed and ready. And he said, be dressed and ready um, and your lights burning. Be ready. And he goes on and says in verse 40, be ye therefore what? Everybody say ready. For the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. I would like to preach just one word today, ready. And look at your neighbor and say, get ready. And uh, I want to be ready. Let's ask the Lord in, into this room here today. Would you do that? Lord, we love you. Thank you, God, for who you are. I thank you for your word and the guidance that you give us. Lord, to bring clarity and direction to who we are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. It was... Less than two weeks ago, I was in uh, preaching in Colorado, and uh, I had had plans that if I ever went back to Colorado, there was this 
specific river. The, it was north. It was really the head of the Colorado River. Um, it's not that wide of a stream, but I was fishing that years ago. I went a day early just to see the grandeur of the Rocky Mountains. And the only regret I had while I was there is I wish somebody was with me. And so I called my brother and said, we got to do this. If we can never get a chance to go to Colorado, you know, that was in 2018. Let's do it. So I was invited to preach a meeting there uh, a couple weeks ago and was dedicating a, a new church plant building right in downtown Gypsum. And so I was there on a Sunday and decided to stay a couple extra days and, and uh, see the Rocky Mountains. They're, the grandeur of the Rocky Mountains is amazing. And this time of year, it's very green and the tops of the mountains are, are snow and the streams are snow melt, you know, snow melt fed. It's beautiful, clear water. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things I wish everybody in this room could come and see. I'll just give you a little guide here. I'll be your tour guide for a minute. Go to Denver, drive to Estes Park, drive over Trail Ridge Road and go to Grand Lake and you, you'll, you'll thank me for telling you to do that. And um, anyhow, I made the trip and, and was there. My brother flew in on Monday and my nephew Theron uh, came there as well. And the and, uh, only thing is they decided not to open Trail Ridge Road. They decided to postpone it two days after we're, or the day after we're supposed to leave. So my tour was absolutely destroyed. And uh, we found a little stream, we still saw the grandeur, but had to drive three and a half hours on, on Tuesday to get over there. When we got there, it's a different setting. It's not what I was expecting. And, and you know, there's, I started seeing all of these places that were there that weren't there. The atmosphere just wasn't as good where we were gonna stay as I would like it to be. And my sorry felt awkward, Theron felt awkward where we were, the town didn't have the best feel to it. And all of a sudden while we're sitting there eating an elk burger. You're welcome. Just ruined all your dinner plans today with fried chicken. And we were sitting there and all of a sudden we started talking about family. And I could see in my, my brother's eyes, Theron's eyes, we started talking about family. I could see the homesick feel come on. And all of a sudden while we're talking about family and Finn's birthday's on Thursday, I'm not supposed to fly home on Thursday. All of a sudden the picture of family was much more beautiful than the Rocky Mountains. And uh, we started talking about, well, we can maybe go home a little early and check flights. And sure enough, there was a flight the next day. And so we said, we're going to fly home, go see family. I mean, we're in the gorgeous setting of the Rocky Mountains. But Cindy, Finn, and Jillian, and, and, and Lakin seemed a whole lot more appealing at that moment than staying in the Rocky Mountains. So we said, we're going to fly home early. And that's what we did. We jumped on the plane, but I, plane, I did not tell Cindy. My brother did not tell his wife. And... Uh, and Sari and I, we decided to bring a surprise and we'll be there for Finn's birthday instead of missing almost all of them, go to the zoo with him, whatever. And, uh, and Cindy called, I didn't answer. You know why? Because she can sniff out a surprise faster than anybody you've ever seen. <laughs> I didn't answer. We got on the plane, we flew across from Colorado to here and, and uh, landed in Columbus and on the way down, I, I was nervous. I'm like, man, I gotta call her. I gotta find out where she is. I gotta do a surprise. And uh, finally, I got the nerve and called her and, man, oh, what are you doing? And, and because I couldn't call the airport, I was afraid she'd hear one of those loud people like to talk on the intercoms, you know. And they're, uh, my kids always say, you know, the people in the airport love to talk, you know. There. And um, I said, what are you, oh, we're getting ready to go down. Finn wanting to go to GameStop in South Zanes. We're going to pick out a little game and he's got a gift card or whatever. And I said, oh, really? So I kept on the phone trying to figure out what time she's going to be there. Am I going to go to the house? And, and finally, I said, she's going to GameStop. She says she's going to go. 
My brother drops me off. We hit our luggage down there in South Zanesville and I went in GameStop with Finn. I mean, excuse me, GameStop with Sawyer. And I went in, I, I come in like this. I, didn't, I thought she was going, and I looked at him, the guy's just looking at me, you know, that works at GameStop. I said, listen, I'm sorry. I said, my, I'm, I try to explain. I feel like an idiot. You know, I just trying to, this, and the guy's thinking, is this guy going to rob me? Is he hiding from somebody? <laughs> What's he just done? And I said, I'm a father. My boy's birthday's tomorrow. He's coming in. He doesn't know I'm in town. Coming in early. I'm going to hide. Can I hide in here for a little while? <laughs> he, uh, he, he just stared. He said, that'll, that'll be fine. I said, I don't know what game is going to be, but he, I told him what it was. Sorry, I said, this is the game he's going to want. And he said, what's over there? And so I got, and all of a sudden I saw the van pull up my head and got behind the van. And here he came perfect. The guy worked with me when they came in. He said, uh, oh, wait, what are you looking for? I'm looking. He said, that wall right there. He pointed right past us. And I'm hunkered down behind some. And I look here again. Cindy, Finn, and Jillian walked right past us and went to that that little shelf. And when they got there, I walked up behind. They didn't know I was in the world. They didn't know. They thought I was in Colorado at a, at a, at a, a trout stream. And, and I walked them. I said, is there anything I can help you find that you're looking for? Cindy said, ah, <laughs> she thought I was a creeper. You know, I don't know. Trying to help her shop. I don't know what it was. She finally looked at me. So it was me. And, oh, here came the hug. And being dead and Jillian gave me a big hug. It was a good moment for a father. I'm going to tell you right now. And uh, we celebrated and it was a good time and they were glad. I was glad they were glad to see me. I'm glad they didn't say, well, what are you doing here? You know, that would have been, been disappointing. It was one of those good dad moment things. And it sparked me later is that when you read in Luke, he says that he's coming at an hour that you're not expecting. He says in verse 40, be ye therefore what? Ready also for the son of man cometh at an hour when ye think not. They, it was a good surprise. Brother Powell, they had no clue I was in the state of Ohio. The coming of the Lord is gonna be like that. The coming of the Lord. But I, I want you to understand in the context of this chapter, that is sort of the atmosphere is that he is setting is about, you don't know when he's coming, but he's coming. He tells this parable and he says, he says this parable, it's very powerful. He said in verse 37, he said, he said, blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find, shall find watching or looking for. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. He was not he was not just coming to inspect. The Lord wasn't coming just to cast them into outer darkness and hoping that he's gonna find them. He, he wasn't checking the dust levels on top of the picture frames and coming through. Now he did have expectations though that he wanted his place to be kept, what was put in his care to be taken care of, but he was so excited to come back and be with them. It wasn't that he was trying to surprise them. They're just, when he shows up, he's gonna show up. And I think if we're not careful, we forget what the rapture is really all about. I grew up with preaching. I loved all of it. The preaching, almost all of it. I was at one place, the guy was so angry and beating the pulpit, talking about eternity. I thought, I don't even think he wants me to be saved. 
I, I thought he was going to get joy out of me being lost the way he was preaching. I just get, he scared me to death. I'm going to tell you, he was gritting his teeth, pounding the pulpit. You know, there, 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 there's a way of delivery that's better. How many know than making you feel like God wants to kill all of you? And when you look at the text in the setting, the Bible says in chapter 12, verse one, it says that there were so many people where he is speaking at, verse one, it says, in the meantime, when there were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people, insomuch that they trod one upon another. One translation said there were thousands that were there gathered. And Jesus starts teaching things. Are you ready for what he was teaching? He starts teaching, beware the hypocrites. And then he starts talking about uh, whatever you say is gonna be uncovered. Whatever you've done in secret is gonna be shouted from the housetop. And you read that and you think, oh my goodness, God sees the secret of my life. How many know that's concerning? Does that concern you when you read that? And then it goes from there and Jesus teaches to his disciples. He said, don't fear the one that can destroy the body, but the one that can destroy the, kill the body and cast into hell. When you read this, it's almost, it's sobering to think there's death after death, eternity. We ought to all be concerned with that. But that's not the narrative that he's teaching. The narrative, he goes from there about fear him. He's talking about lost people ought to fear him. You ought to be concerned if you've got sin in your life. You ought to be concerned if you're doing things disobedient to God. We need that type of preaching because Jesus preached that way. It shakes us in. But I'm gonna tell you, it's not that type of preaching that's gonna keep you forever. It might get you in the reality, the sobering of the moment that I could be lost. I don't wanna go to hell. I don't wanna be lost. How many know that? How many feel the same way with me? I don't wanna, I don't wanna be lost. I need a preacher to tell me about eternity so I can straighten up. I, I want Jesus' word to tell me what I need to do to be saved. But that's not the narrative because he goes from fear him to, what does he say, verse six? Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings and not one of them is forgotten before God? He goes on and says to us, everybody say to us. He says, but even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore. Ye are of more value than many sparrows. He said, listen here, there is a fear that you need of God, but you also need to understand the heart of God. God's not against us, he's for us. He's got plans for our life. And so in the scripture, he says it this way, little flock, it's the Father's good pleasure. Say this with me, little flock, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He said, I am handing you, that is the most valuable thing in eternity. It's my kingdom. When you talk about the kingdom of God, you talk about the Garden of Eden. It's a place that was splendorous, no pain, no suffering. And he told Adam, I want you to keep it. I want you to guard it and I want you to protect it. Can I tell you, it is not the will of God to be miserable all, your, all of your life. It's not the will of God for that. He wants to bless you. He wants to help you. He wants to give to you. And it's called the kingdom of God. We will not stay saved with somebody always, always, always just preaching about you gotta stay saved. You, you're gonna go to hell. God's gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna burn. You can't stay saved only with a fear of God. 
I know some of you question what I'm saying right now, but you have the right. There is a fear of God, but there's more than a fear of God. There is the fear not of God. It's understanding the heart of God, his love for his children, his love for his people. Because if we only live in a fear of him, we always think we're in trouble. Never good enough. I'll never be holy enough. I'll never be righteous enough. I'll never be faithful enough. That's not the will of God. God didn't save me because I was good enough anyhow. He saved me because he's good. That's exactly right. The Lord saved me because he's good. He's better than me than I could ever be. That's why the Bible says he's the fairest of 10,000. Amen. You'll never find anybody as good, as good to somebody as God is good to them. When you stand before God, he's gonna say, I gave you all of this. Hey, listen, I give, I give my job credit to God. Everything I drive, and the house I live in, the children that I have, the clothes on their body, the food in my cupboards, amen. It's because God's been good to me. The nation I live in has been blessed by God. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants to bless you. And he says, I give you this blessing. I want you to take care of it. Oh, I think if God looked out of heaven and our church was filthy, he would say, they don't value what I've given them. When I look down, we got to appreciate it. You know, there's some countries they can't have this. We got a missionary in one country right now that we got to pray that they're able to stay in the country because of the way things are going, because they can't have this. They have to have what's called underground church. They can't have a church building. I don't want to ever take it for granted that we've got a house of God. We can come and lift our hands and worship him freely without, without a communist police party coming in and throwing us in jail, persecuting us. Come on, we're blessed in the United States. I, I realize you can have political differences, but it's still the United States. God has blessed us. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, take care of what God's given you. Your car ought to be taken care of because I believe God gave it to me. But I don't like the job. They don't pay me enough, so I'm not gonna do a good job. Well, you agreed to the salary. And until the better one comes, God expects you to treat that job as if it's unto him. Look at your neighbor and say, amen. Well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being paid enough, so I'll go late and leave early. That, 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 that's, not gonna, it's not gonna, that's gonna allow God to bless you with more. But when you serve that, study Joseph. Joseph wasn't put in great situations always, but he did it as under the Lord. He took his bad situation and said, I'm gonna be my best in a bad situation. And you know what God will do? If you're faithful over a few things, read it in here, he's gonna make you what? He's gonna make you ruler over many. And then you put your two week notice in when you found something better and move on to that and serve that as under the Lord. We've gotta start giving credit where credit is due, honoring God. Amen, I'm blessed because of God. Somebody shout, I'm blessed because of God. How about the house you live in? I'm gonna take care of it because God blessed me with it. Can you say amen? The car you drive, I'm gonna take care of it because God blessed me with it. Oh, let there be a witness in the building. How about the temple? We can't talk in degradation terms. Look in the mirror and say, you're a nobody. You're so ugly. I don't like you. No wonder no one likes you. You, you quit, quit that. Look at your neighbor and say, be quiet. 
If we're not careful, we have been made in the image of God. How many believe we're fearfully, wonderfully made? Everybody say, I have been made in the image of God. So quit talking about the image of God. I'm not talking about becoming a narcissist. You know, you really are somebody. I'm not talking about being a narcissist where you're like, I love myself. That's just weird. But I am talking about falling in love with yourself. You, you can't truly love anybody if you don't love you. You can't value others until you value you. You got to believe, and Pastor Cody said it this morning, all of us have a divine purpose. And the devil says you're nothing, you're a mistake, and you were born in this family, you lived in this city, and this happened if you had this. No, that's not the way it works. And I'm going to tell you, it's sometimes an excuse for laziness. I'm never going to be so. I'm just not going to do anything. And then we suffer. Can I say to this congregation, don't ever look at somebody that has something nice and say it must be nice. That, that's poverty talk. You got to start talking like a king's kid and working like a prince. I'm the child of a king. I'm going to educate myself. I'm going to read as much as I can. Listen, all you young people, don't waste your time on all those, all those fruitless video games. If you're going to do it, block a time, say here to here, because I'm not against video games. My boy, I'm just that GameStop. I get up here and start preaching against video games, you know what? And you're like, he's a GameStop, he's a hypocrite. But what I'm saying is, you, you know, you, you, you can't eat candy bars for dinner. And I eat candy bars, bless God, some cherry pie. Can I get a witness in the building? But what I am saying to you, you need to apply yourself where you're gifted. Because the devil says you don't have any value. That's why people wear pajamas to Walmart. You can get awkward here if you want, but that's not the will of God. You ever look at people and say, they do not have a mirror. I'm going to go beyond that. They don't care because they don't have value. But I'm going to talk to the children of God. He, he was saying there's a multitude of thousands of people right here. And he started saying there's thousands of people right here. He said, but let me talk to you. There is a fear him. There is an expectation. But there's also, you ought to know who you are. You're, you're a king's kid. Come on, are you seeing what I'm saying? What I'm saying is that there becomes this value that we install in our children and we say to our kids, you have purpose, you have destiny. Listen, not everybody's gonna be a doctor, but you can have some level of certification. You might not be an atomic scientist. You might hate math. It's probably not a good engineering field to choose. But you don't have to be that. But there is something that God has put in you. Watch this, everybody say the kingdom is in you. And God, listen, I was telling somebody recently, when God puts the kingdom in you, you've got to stir it up. And the powerful thing about preaching, the good news, if I got up here and preached, everybody's going to hell all the time, there wouldn't be anybody here. There is a hell that we don't, we don't take advantage of what God made us to be. That's for that. But what I'm telling you, there is such destiny inside of you that God said, I'm entrusting you with my purpose. I'm entrusting you with my plan. I've created this beautiful earth. I've done all these things. I am entrusting you with you to make a difference. Whatsoever your hand findeth to do, do with all of your might. If, if, you, if you babysit, do it with excellence. If you cut grass for somebody, young people, do it with excellence. 
If you wash somebody's car, do it with excellence. If you work at a fast food restaurant, do it with excellence. Do it as under the Lord because you're saying, I'm not just doing this to do this. I am being watched by the one that has entrusted me with goods. I want to be, every, come on. I want to be, I'm, I'm preaching to you with tears. I want to be everything I can be. I don't want my life to be wasted. I want my life to make a difference. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, it's God's, it's God's pleasure to give you the kingdom. Next Sunday night, we have celebration service. We're honoring our graduates, our high school graduates. I think we ought to give them a hand in advance. I get so excited. I get so excited when they're graduating from high school or some of them are going on to college, some are going to certifications. We honor when they go to college. We honor when they go get a certification. We honor when they retire. Brother Gene, how'd you tire, retire so young? I mean, 45. Brother Gene, stand. When you came to this church, you had no self-value. Your life was spent in addiction. 30 years? 30 years of addiction. Sin separated family. Chaos was in your world. But the gospel was preached. A, a brother reached out to you. Your brother right behind. Stand up, Brother Randy Tai. Brother Gene was about to take his life because he didn't feel self-worth. But somewhere through good gospel preaching... But why is it we, we only see the fear hymns and we don't see the fear nots? That's what the narrative is about. Is there's this place that God has for you. Brother Dylan, Brother Zion, Brother Nehemiah, that, 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 we, we live for God about, some people live for God to not go to hell. Uh, and just remain standing over there as I make another point here. But They tell me, coach, that if you ever play to not lose, you end up losing. You should always play to win. Is that right? Games that you play not to lose end up losing because they break strategy. We should not live our life to just not go to hell. See, if you're not going, just not going to hell, you're surviving. One prayer meeting, at a, you walk in the church, I don't know if I'm supposed to, I don't even know if God wants to hear me pray. I, I don't know if I'm good enough. I, I don't even know if God sees me. I don't even know if, if I miss church, they would even recognize me. That's just not, that's just survival mentality. You gotta, you gotta pray, not play to win, but pray to win. Not one scripture that say he came to save us from hell, although I believe in hell. My grandfather died and experienced hell and lived to tell about it and got saved. I believe in hell. Don't misunderstand my preaching. But I'm not living my life just to stay out of hell because it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, the, the purpose and what he has planned specifically. Not one person, my good brother, has a, has a fingerprint like you that has ever lived not only is seven billion on the earth that can't match that, but it has ever existed because individually you have a specific role in his kingdom. And we're just not going to hell. But when you came, you were just needing delivered from hell on earth. All right. 
didn't want to live anymore. But when the gospel was preached, you came to that altar February the 8th, 2004, and you said, I don't have anything to give. My life was broken. I'll, give, I'll just give you my broken life. And God said, that's good enough. Just give me what you have. Just a bunch of broken pieces. And God said, what may, listen, I'm not against rehab. We have, I'm not against alcohol chemical treatment classes. We have those here in the church on Wednesday. I'm not against rehab and 12-step classes. But can I tell you what a rehab can't do? What, a, what, a, what counseling can't do? God can put it all back together again. He can fix it. He can heal it. He can do amazing things. And God can use brokenness to bring greatness. He's not just saving you from hell. He's exposing your purpose that he designed you for now. Can you say amen? So I'm not just walking from hell. I'm walking to destiny. I'm gonna be a blessing. I'm not only blessed, I'm gonna bless somebody. My story's gonna impact. I'm gonna help so. Come on, are you with me right now? God's done marvelous things. Let's all stand. You're going through hardship, but hardship is not the destination. You're going through the valley, but the valley is not the final destination. You went through a tough childhood, but that's not your destination. I'm coming out of that with a story that's gonna change somebody's life that's in chaos because I have been made in the image of God. Here's what happens and here's how to do it. You say, but you don't know my story. I'd love to see what God's gonna do from your story. When Moses got in the presence of God, when he came out and there was millions of people gathered, multitudes looked at him and knew he had been with God. His face glowed. The reason people survive and not thrive is because they've never been in the presence of their creator. But when you get into the presence of the creator, that's what these prayer rooms are for. Because we don't need just good, we don't need good preaching and good, good music. We need that too. We ought to do it under the Lord. I ought to preach my best. They ought to play and sing their best. Practice. 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 We need God's presence. Because when you get in his presence, there is a fear of God. But there's also the love of God. Yeah. <laughs> you will never thrive in only the fear of him. You will thrive in the fear not of him. It's called love. That's why Romans 2 says, the goodness of God leadeth us to repentance. And the reason you go to an altar in reality, is not to be saved from hell, but to be rescued by him. There's no reason why you can't get ready. When you have the understanding, he came to save me from my sins, my mistakes, my regrets. Everybody's got skeletons in their closet. Everybody looks over their shoulder and says, I wish I'd have never done that. You know what drives us to be better? Is he loves me and wants me to be better. Look at your neighbor and say, he's not against you. So get ready. 
all of a sudden there's this word that enters your world called faith. Had somebody tell me, they said, not, not until I came to the anchor did I actually realize that God loved me. I was always just trying to stay saved. See, when you understand his love for you, it's it, an element of faith. I'm gonna tell you what I feel. There are gonna be things that fall off your life. Because you realize who you are. There's great things ahead for me. Look at your neighbor and say, it's, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. When I stood right here with Bryce, I stood right here getting ready to lead a, um, a midweek prayer meeting. We had had prayer revival. I walked here with my Bible. I, I didn't always know what I was going to pray for. And I walked right here and the Lord said, tell them to pray for prosperity. Um... I don't want to ever say I argue with God, but at least my thought process was. Well, that's what prosperity preachers do. He said, tell them to pray for prosperity. I'm telling you, I know the voice of God. And I said, uh, <clears throat> I swallowed my pride. Worry about what somebody's going to think. I said, the Lord would like us to pray for prosperity. And I want you to ask God to prosper your life. I got sick of my stomach. Not because I wasn't raised prosperously or blessed or had good teaching, but in my mindset, prosper, prosper was not the word I sought from God. Can I get a witness from somebody? I went home, sick of my stomach. I started word searching on my Bible app. Prosper, prosperity, prosper, all these things. And I read a verse that says, the Lord delight, to continually say, the Lord delighteth in the prosperity of the servant. You know what that means? God gets good out of me being blessed. And when you retire in a life of career, we ought to celebrate that. When somebody gets a certification, graduates, goes, whatever, and they, 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 they get a, we ought to, look at your neighbor and say, let's rejoice together over your good things. Somebody gets blessed with a home, a car, with a Zion. Go away. He got a car pulled up. I said, I got a set in that thing. When he got in, I said, I'm looking good. Amen. I was so happy for you. Somebody tell me they're going on vacation and somewhere they, oh, a bucket list they dreamed of. Man, I get thrilled. That's the heart of a pastor. That's the heart of God. He didn't call us to the kingdom to suffer. If you're going through something, it's a moment. It's not the destination. There's greater things yet to come. There's greater things yet to come. He wants to prosper me. Watch. He says, so when the, and the parable is for where your treasure is, there will your heart be. And here was the concept, was put God first and quit worrying about everything else. You can't just get your, all these people say, well, when I get life, when I get my life together, then never happen. You don't get your life together to come to God. You come to God to get your life together. Because until you get in his presence, you're not gonna know your purpose. That's what makes church powerful when the Lord is here. You say, oh my goodness, I've, I've got all kinds of gifts and talents and purpose and destiny, blessings. I'm not just gonna go from day to day. I'm gonna live in God. How many wanna live in God's destiny? Watch what he says. He said, let your loins be girded about. Look at your neighbor and say, get dressed for it. That's what baptism's for. 
You come in, repent of, get baptized. The Bible says, Galatians 3.27, as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. You haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Amen, it washes away the past and gives you a royal robe with him. I belong here. Amen. I'm a nobody. You repent, get baptized, you come out, you hear the voice that says, you're the son of God. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That's what happens when we're baptized. Everybody say a new name. Watch, almost done. He said, and your light's burning. That means you're expecting him to come. How? I'm trying not to have y'all stand too long in my message, but I always mess it up. Watch, I'm almost done, I promise. How can we talk about the coming of the Lord and, do, and say things like this? He which testify these things saith, surely I come. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. That's not always the mindset we have. We're almost like, don't come yet. Hold on. I got some things I got to get ready. No, no, no. That's survival. I am ready. Lord, can you come anytime? I've got the house prepared. I've got the house prepared. I got the house prepared. Clean hands and a pure heart, I'm ready. Somebody shout ready. You know why you feel guilt? Because you're not ready. And something's telling you you're not good enough. You need to get to a place that you say, I'm not guilty anymore. I can't wait to get up. Can't wait to go to bed too, amen. That's what happens when you're 40. I don't know what it's like when you're 60, Brother Mealy. As it, Carol says, it's worse. Hey, watch. He says this, and I'll be done. He said, and ye yourselves liken the men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding. Everybody say, he's coming back. That when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. You ever had somebody knock on your door and you're all, hold on, hold on. Come on, can I, if I showed up at your house today and the pastor's here. Watch, blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Man, we got it ready. The Lord, he's coming any day now. Oh, I can't wait for him to come. I can't wait to let him see what I did with this place he gave me. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to let him see what's happened inside of here. Not hoping I'm coming because I don't, I'm not. I'm talking about ready in the sense of expectation. I'm ready. Somebody shout, I'm ready. You can live a life that thrives in readiness. Watch this, and I'm almost done, I promise. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Looking out the window. Come on, would somebody look out the window? Look out the window. There he is. Been watching for him every day. Man, I can't wait. Can't wait for him to come. It's dad showing up at GameStop. I didn't know you were coming. Oh yeah. Give me a hug. I give. Can't wait to go home with you. That is the way we should think. He's my father. Too many of you look at him as a judge. That's, that's not the mindset he wants you to live in. That's for the other multitude. But my disciples, listen to me. He's coming. Look at your neighbor and say, oh, I can't wait for him to come. Watch this, when he finds it, he said, verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself. He shall gird himself. Watch this, he gonna change his garment. 
He's the king. He's the father. But watch what's going to happen. And make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. When he comes back and he finds you ready, watch what he does. I hope I do a bad job putting on this or y'all going to think I do this all the time. He can say, have a seat. Everybody have a seat. Go on, have a seat. I'm trying to do this without help. Did I get it? Is it tied? Uh, I didn't ask you, amen. Is it all right? He says, have a seat. I don't know what I'd do with her. I can't even put an apron on without her. He says, have a seat. He said, now I'm going to bless you. You've taken care of what I put in your life. A church in Cambridge for 27 years. Was it 27? 24? 32 years in Cambridge. You've been faithful over a few things. Sit down, I've got something for you. Have a seat right here at the Mary's Supper table of the Lamb. You have no clue what I prepared for you. Because when you were on the earth, you were faithful to church. You were faithful to my purpose. You knocked doors, you sang the choir, you taught Sunday school, you worked VBS, you cleaned toilets, you lived a good life, you were an example to your neighbor. Have a seat. For I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. I'm not here because I fear him. I'm here because I love him. Brother Gene, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, I don't want anything else. Can't find it. Anybody feel that way today that you don't want to go anywhere else? You want to be in the arms of God because he's done so much for you. He gave, come on, let's stand to our feet. It's what I feel. He's going to serve us one of these days, eternal life, blessings beyond. And he told Simon Peter, he said, not only in there, but I'm going to give you a hundredfold here. How many believe God wants to bless us for being faithful to him? Would you clap your hands and praise him? If you are here today and you say, I don't want to survive any longer, I'm ready to thrive. Would you raise your hand? Come on, be real with me. I don't want to just survive. I don't want to be a church goer. I want to walk in a relationship with him. Come on, if you want that, I want you to come. There's a, there's a touching of the spirit of God. I'm not going to survive any longer. Come on, maybe you're part of that multitude that their heart's not right, maybe, but I'm going to get my heart right because I want the blood. Come on, that's it. You're welcome. Anybody can come down to this altar. I'm not going to survive. I'm going to thrive in the love and the mercy of God. Come on, make your way all over the building. Today, I'm changing the way I think. I'm going from a fear him that will always be with me. But I'm also going to get a hold of a fear not, which is the love that he has for me. He's going to bless me. He's going to be with me. He's going to answer my prayers. Come on. He's going to hear my petitions when I call. He's for me. Let's all bow our heads all over the building. All over the building, let's bow our heads and repent. God, I'm sorry for not seeing myself as you see me. 
I'm sorry for living feeling under a microscope judged by everything and everybody I don't want to live that way no more not feeling good enough fulfilled enough or complete today I'm going to seek your word your will through your word I want to see your love for me I want to see myself in you I'm coming out of darkness I'm coming out of bondage I'm coming out of addiction I'm going to come out of sin and I'm going to walk in the love of God because you know what you have for me oh Lord come on let's pray this I want a fear of God, but I also want the love of God. I don't want to be casual with what you've given me either. I want to take care of those things you've given me. Whether it's my health, my car, my home, my children, my job. I want to be a steward of what you've entrusted me with with these blessings. I pray I will be better than I've ever been. I want my children to feel this as well. I don't want them to see me as the taskmaster, but a loving father. Hallelujah. Let's, let's weep before him. Let's pray before the Lord today. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.